Um, all right, we're looking forward to your show. Bill O'Reilly coming up with Leland on Balance here in a few seconds. Have a great show, my man. Nice that work. does it for us on The Hill. We'll see you here tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks for watching. Tonight, crisis management. Jill Biden makes the case that everything's just fine with her husband. Why Jill Biden making herself the story will only make things worse. Kennedy can, but should he? RFK Jr. apologizes to his family over this Super Bowl ad. So why is he still promoting the same ad? Trump goes full Trump. What happened to her husband? Where is he? Why the former president just won't listen. And personal foul, Travis Kelsey's shove of Coach Andy Reid becomes the Super Bowl's buzziest moment. Why NFL players no longer have to respect their coaches. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First tonight, Jill Biden. You might have heard from Dr. Jill Biden over the weekend. I did. She said, quote, Joe is 81. That's true, but he's an 81 doing more in an hour than most people do in a day. Joe has wisdom, empathy, and vision. He has delivered on so many of his promises as president precisely because he's learned a lot in those 81 years. His age with his experience and expertise is an incredible asset, and he proves it every day. To be more precise, she didn't actually write me. The campaign sent out a mass email from her, and I am on the email distribution list. At first blush, it seems like a good idea. The first lady vouching for the president's mental acuity at a time when 86% of Americans think he's too old to serve another term. In reality, Joe Biden is only making the problem worse. And Thursday night showed that President Biden cannot fix the age and mental fitness problem himself. He can't hold multiple wide-ranging press conferences where he seems calm, controlled, and without mistakes, such as confusing the presidents of Mexico and Egypt, as he did on Thursday night. He can't offer a few network anchors meaningful interviews to discuss the state of the world and his administration without preconditions. He can't hold a few weekend rallies in major swing states. And we need to be fair about this. There is nothing wrong. In fact, there is a lot of things incredibly admirable about a wife protecting her husband. But your wife vouching for your health doesn't fix it. And it just focuses attention on her. Namely, what is about to come over the next couple of months will be comparisons with Jill Biden and Nancy Reagan. Or worse, Jill Biden and Edith Wilson, who basically sat in for her husband, President Wilson, after his debilitating stroke. That is not good for Joe Biden or Jill Biden. Once the shadow presidency stories start, they cannot be stopped. Bill O'Reilly is here, anchor of the No Spin News, author of the coming book Confronting the President, No Spin Assessments from Washington to Biden. And you brought up Joe Biden a week ago um, on this program. Bill, good to see you. Uh, Start with some breaking news in the past hour or so. The House Oversight Committee demanded from the Department of Justice the transcripts and any audio or video recordings of the special counsel's uh, interview, if you will, uh, with President Biden, where he allegedly made all of these uh, mistakes, including not remembering when his son died. Do you think there even are audio and video recordings? Do you think the White House allowed that to happen? 
There's a transcript. Um, yeah. I know that. And I expected that the journalist uh, organizations would uh, file a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act. I'm not surprised that the uh, Republican partisan committees in the House are doing this. They want to embarrass uh, Joe Biden. But I'd go about it a little bit differently. I wrote a message of the day on BillOReilly.com that blamed, in part, Jill Biden for uh, the situation here. Those of us who really understand how the government works know that Joe Biden has been a ceremonial president for at least a year. That means he isn't involved in the high-level decision-making. His staff basically makes the decisions, present it to him, and he says, fine, they write it up, and he reads it on the teleprompter. He 100% of the time goes along with the progressive view of how this country should be run. That's how the open borders happen. That's how the attacks on the fossil fuel industry happened in the beginning of his term. And it's straight down the line progressive. He is the most liberal president by far this country has ever seen. So what people need to understand is that the far left that runs the Democratic Party doesn't really care whether Joe Biden is impaired or not, as long as he does what they want him to do. And so far, that's been 100%. Not one deviation away from it. It's almost shocking, historically speaking. Fair fair enough in terms of how liberal um, he has been on this. It's interesting hearing now from what you might call moderate liberals. I think back in the day, any of us would have considered Bob Costas uh, a liberal when you when you looked at him and you and you listened to him. And then he was on Bill Maher on Friday night. Take a listen. If Biden's hubris is such that he doesn't understand the best interests of his party and more important, his country, then he has to be shown the door. And there was massive applause after that. Any chance that happens, Bill? You know, I I don't believe that Biden will be on a ticket. I don't think it'll come down that way because he is doing what his party wants. Okay, well, then how's it going to happen? You said said it's not going to happen. The problem is that he could lose if he's on the ballot. So I don't think he's going to be on the ballot. I think he'll do what LBJ did in 1968. He'll issue a letter probably early summer. Say, look, I'm, you know, health reasons I can't carry on through uh, a second term. I'm going to, you know, uh, serve out my first term, but we'll go to the convention and they'll uh, pick somebody there, which is perfectly legal. And that's what I believe will happen. But I want to get back to Jill Biden, you know, because I I'm disturbed by this, but I'm not a soulless guy. I mean, I have compassion because my mother went through this exactly the same thing that Biden's going through. And I had to take her car keys away and her checkbook away. And it was, it was heartbreaking to do it. She didn't want that. And she was in and she was out. But she was out so much time that she put herself in danger behind the wheel of an automobile. Jill Biden made a statement. You didn't use this statement, but she made a statement. <clears throat> you used the White House written statement. Her statement was different that she went out with. How dare the special counsel, Robert, her, mentioned Bo Biden. How dare he do it for political points? 
Now, I'm saying to myself, this Justice Department and her works for Merrick Garland, the attorney general, has done everything it could for three Mm -hmm. years to protect the Biden administration from Hunter Biden and charges that the president enabled Hunter Biden to amass millions of dollars from foreign uh, concerns. They have done everything they could. Now, Jill Biden says political points. What might that be? Okay, they had to say Bo Biden didn't know when he was vice president because that was the basis of not indicting him. No, when he, according to her, willfully took these documents, he should not have taken. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I think we're actually both quoting from the same email. We didn't quote from the White House statement. We quoted from the fundraising email that went out that also included scoring, scoring the points or trying to score points um, on the special but counsel. But that's ridiculous. So sort of the, no, the, the, your, your, your points how well ridiculous, made. I, that, how ridiculous is that? No, look, I, I think you make a good point about for, for Democrats who have taken now years of, of painfully saying you can't attack special counsels, and if you do so, it's a threat to democracy and tearing down institutions. Suddenly the shoe's on the other foot, and now the special counsel is terrible. I just want to think about this from the Republican standpoint. I'm going to give you the last word on this. Um, if purely a Machiavellian standpoint, if things are so bad and Joe Biden is so compromised, wouldn't Republicans be better off backing off here, not forcing that letter that you're talking about in June and waiting, say, until August or September and then lowering the hammer about Joe Biden's age when they would be running against Joe Biden? I don't think it matters. I think Biden's finished. What Republicans are up against is their guy, Donald Trump. That's what they're up against, because as soon as this happened, to buy, and this is a catastrophe for President Biden, a catastrophe. And I know that because NBC News, which is squarely allied with the Democratic Party, it's, I've never seen anything like this in the history of our country. As soon as that her thing came out, boom, the whole news apparatus at NBC coalesced to defend Biden. But Trump, he's the guy that should step aside and and stop talking because he goes out on Saturday and says, where's Nikki Haley's husband when he's serving in the National Guard in Africa? Why are you doing that? Because that obscures the Biden catastrophe and shifts it back onto Trump doesn't know what he's saying. It was, hey, it Bill, was I'm just, almost I'm incomprehensible. My producers didn't send you the, the intro to the next segment, did they? No. I, no, that, 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 that's actually the intro to the next segment. <laughs> right, but my analysis is global. I don't, I I'm not a partisan, and, that, and News Nation no. viewers should understand that. This country's in huge trouble right now. Yeah. Huge trouble. Because no, and say, look, the and the, president. And that's where Americans agree on that. Hold, yeah, the hold, president hold, hold, can't hold govern. He can't do it. And the challenger, I mean, it's inexplicable some of the stuff that he says. Why are you saying this? All right. That's how I, bad I, 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 I get, the situation is. I, I, 
no argument. In fact, I have a guest coming up to answer that very question. I would encourage all of our viewers to pick up Killing Reagan, um, just in terms of the parallels with Nancy Reagan and now yeah, uh, Jill Biden are, are worth, worth reading. All right, Bill, thank you very much. As always, uh, I am now saved from reading the introduction to the next segment because Mr. O'Reilly did it for us. But we will run Donald Trump's sound bites. Here you go. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, Well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, You didn't pay? You're delinquent? He said, Yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your bills. Vince Colonnais, podcast host of Vince Colonnais Show, editorial director of The Daily Caller with us now. You got some big shoes to fill after Bill O'Reilly. You got an answer <laughs> for, his, for him on why? On, on why it is that Trump would say that? Or does Bill O'Reilly want Donald Trump to change who he is? Is that what is that what he wanted today? I guess he did. I mean, I, I'm not surprised, first and foremost, about the media coverage of Trump's remarks this weekend. Uh, and it comes at a really important time because the media is desperate for anything else to talk about other than Biden's brain lapses. Certainly the White House is. So they're going to get a hold of anything that Trump says and, and try and go after it. Now, Trump is the same person who ran for president in 2016. He's always been a bit of a, a little bit of a politician, mostly a businessman, certainly an insult comic, uh, and somebody who's going to try and figure out ways to hit their opponent's weakness no, in whatever I, I, way I get, he gets I, to it. Vince, I get, I get all of that. Here's my he, rule number one in politics, though, right? When your opponent is having a horrific news cycle, okay, after eight years, he should know that the media is going to glam on to something, okay, that we've seen nobody's this play only about a thousand times, okay? Nope. Nobody's going to change it. Look, he- this is the guy who once suggested that Ted Cruz's father was involved in the assassination of JFK. He, he's just, this is no, what I, he's going to do. He's going to reel I, these I get, things look, off I, on I, stage. I get, all, I, get all, I get all that. I get all that. And I'm old enough to remember when you and I and a bunch of other people sat here and watched Donald Trump say that... Uh, John McCain was not a hero, and everybody thought, oh, well, he's done after that because, uh, you know, God, the, the military yeah. vote's going to abandon him. Well, we all know how that, that, how that worked out for us. So I'm not, I'm not really asking that question. I'm asking for a guy who's as good at politics as Donald Trump is. Uh, here's a video of him with uh, some Super Bowl cheerleaders he brought in at Mar-a-Lago. For as good of a politician as he is, why, when the media is finally covering the Joe Biden age issue that he had been talking about for years— why does he just say things, forget what they are, why not let Joe Biden stew in the media coverage? Why give Joe Biden a life ring? Well, he, he should. And by the way, I think that is some of the wisdom behind why he was kept out of the Republican debates, too. It was like, hey, look, you know, let these guys argue amongst themselves. You, you're the front runner. There's no reason to dignify the rest of this race. And actually, the honest truth is he should do the same thing with Nikki Haley now. He's going to beat her like crazy in South Carolina. Even spending time on her is probably not worth his time. I will say that his remarks about NATO actually were much more, I think, important and also are totally being misconstrued by the broader press. This Trump's not encouraging Russia to invade NATO. That's like the whole thing is so stupid. Trump is trying to talk about his success in getting NATO countries to spend more money on their own defense while he was president. In fact, Jen Stoltenberg, the, the, the NATO secretary general, 
uh, came out very publicly at the time and thanked Donald Trump for getting these NATO countries to pony up more money. This is just kind of the smash mouth negotiation stuff that that he's been become known for. Uh, and he, it was successful. So it was literally about building that alliance rather than tearing it down. I, I understand the point. I think you can also understand how he should understand, of all people, how it's going to end up being played. Right. I mean, we, we, we've again, we've seen this we've we've seen this uh, party before. I, the part about Nikki Haley, I'm I'm confused by. Right. Because uh, he knows where her husband is. Everybody knows that he's he's serving uh-huh. overseas. What is what is there to be gained by that? Where where is this going? You think other than just forcing Nikki Haley to talk about Donald Trump rather than anybody else or anything I, else? I think he's just annoyed by her and he's looking to take shots at her. That's I think that's what, all it is. I mean, she's still in the race. She's trying to say that he's not the right guy for the, at this time. Uh, and so as a result, he's picking up any weapon he can possibly pick up. That may the part of that clip may have actually emanated from rumors that were reported over the past month that that she was engaged in some sort of affair or something. And he's trying to make an allusion to it. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, again, I don't think it's worth dignifying her race because she has no chance of even catching him. She just got routed in Nevada. The same thing is going to happen in South Carolina, her home state. He should move on like he's the nominee because he is. Yeah, moving on is something Donald Trump also doesn't do. We've learned that over the past eight years. Um, Vince, <laughs> it's, true. It's, good to, it's good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, welcome Thanks, back to the Lee. program. Coming up next, RFK Jr. is apologizing to his family over a $7 million Super Bowl ad that borrowed heavily from his uncle's presidential run. Did Kennedy's Super PAC cross the line? Or maybe the apology's not sincere. Man who's old enough to know And young enough to do Well, it's up to you, it's up to you It's strictly up to you American Value 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement A mentally ill shooter with a gun that has a free Palestine or a Palestine sticker on it attacks Joel Osteen's megachurch Would things be different if it had a MAGA sticker on it? you also ask the public not only keep the victims in their prayers, the suspect's family in our prayers. There was a lot of pain exhibited yesterday. Kennedy now says he's sorry to his family, but he had nothing to do with the ad you just saw. 30-second ad during the Super Bowl. A super PAC that supports Kennedy paid $7 million bucks to produce and air the spot. It looks strikingly similar to one of the JFK ads from 1960. Do you want a man for president who's seasoned through and through? But not so doggone seasoned that he won't try something new. After the new ad aired, JFK's nephew responded saying, quote, my cousin's Super Bowl ad used our uncle's faces and my mother. She would be appalled by his deadly health care views. Respect for science, vaccines and health care equity were in her DNA. Health care equity wasn't really a thought back when JFK was around, but never mind. She strongly supported my health care work at one campaign and at Red, which he opposes. Tony Lyons is with us now, co-founder of American Values Super PAC. The group behind the ad. All right, uh, Tony, eight, uh, seven million bucks. You guys happy? I am thrilled. I mean, I think that the the idea for the ad was to make sure that everybody in America 
knows that Bobby Kennedy is running for president, that he's an independent, and that the American public has a choice. And I think that you couldn't live in America, you know, through yesterday and not know that Bobby Kennedy's running for president. Fair enough. Look, at our Super Bowl party, uh, people who were in politics and not in politics all stopped when the ad came on and watched it and was like, what was that? So um, I, I mission accomplished in, in that sense. RFK Jr., I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. The ad was created and aired by the American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. FEC rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. I love you all. God bless you. And at least the last time I checked, uh, despite his apology, the ad is still at the very top of his social media account. Um, so I guess that, oh, and now it has been removed. Uh, but the last time I checked, it was. Most of the day, it was at the top. Um, you think you guys crossed the line? Not in any way. I mean, I think that that's an incredible ad. It shows the nostalgia that the American people has for a time when they could trust their leaders, you know, for a time when they thought that their leaders would fight for them. And I think a lot of people now recognize that Bobby Kennedy is that kind of candidate, that he has integrity, that he's honest, that he's authentic, and he's not going to engage in these petty games with a very small percentage of his relatives, you know, who actually work for Joe Biden. You know, that these are people who just don't want Bobby to run for president. And the truth is, he is going to run no matter what they do or say. Well, to be to be fair, there's also somebody who really wants him to run for president, which is which is Donald Trump. Um, a substantial portion of your PAC's funding, $15 million, came from Timothy Mellon, a Republican who has also given $10 million to a super PAC backing Donald Trump. The DNC gave a statement uh, to uh, The New York Times saying uh, that Robert Kennedy's uh, candidacy is nothing more than a Trump stalking horse. Given the finances, why are they wrong? They're wrong because they want to play political games. That's what they care about. They don't believe that Joe Biden can win a free, fair, and open election. They're trying to keep Bobby off the ballot. They've hired a big law firm to do that. They are denying him Secret Service protection, which he obviously qualifies for. They've censored him on big tech. They've lied about him in all kinds of formats and, and places. So they are just playing political games. The American well, public doesn't want that, and they won't stand for it. Fair, fair enough that Democrats are playing political games on this. I think you have a good point, especially the fact, and we've covered this, that there wasn't any debates in the Democratic primary because he originally was running as a Democrat. Uh, they changed uh, the Democratic primary calendar to cut out Iowa and New Hampshire, both places that Bobby Kennedy would have done well. But you talk about games— um, the American people are pretty fed up with, with how dark money works in politics and how super PACs work uh, as well, and that big rich guys get to write these enormous checks. How is spending $15 million on RFK super PAC and $10 million on Trump super PAC not also playing games? So, you know, if you think about it, the DNC has three super PACs that they're working closely with. They have raised $400 million. Donald Trump's PACs have raised hundreds of millions of dollars. So Bobby Kennedy is running this insurgent campaign with a fraction of the funding that they have, and yet he's surging in the polls. So that there was a recent poll that showed that if the only people who could vote in America were everybody 45, 45 years of age or younger, and if the election was held today, he would win the election. 
So he's uh, Tony, surging at all kinds of Tony, demographics. Tony, Tony, the reason I'm having you, the reason we're having you on and having this conversation is we, we take Kennedy's candidacy seriously. We're trying to cover it. But I'll just sure. give you one more opportunity to answer the question, which is you're, you're taking a bunch of money from a Trump donor. How is that not playing the same political games you are accusing the DNC of playing? So Bobby Kennedy has donors from all across the political spectrum. The next four top donors of ours are all Democrats. We have a $4 million donation from a lifelong Democrat who really wanted to help get this Super Bowl ad out. So the entire spectrum of the U.S. population is covered. We have people who uh, were donating to other PACs. We have people who were donating to other candidates. So Bobby Kennedy has the broadest following of any candidate now. And he's getting people from the right, from the center, from the left. And he's going to continue to do that because he's the only candidate who's really willing to fight for the American people. All right. Uh, Tony, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. Congrats on the success. Um, Next time you have an ad coming out, let us know. We'd love to have you on and talk about it. All right. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. A Texas church shooting is the latest example of gun violence that the left doesn't want to talk about. In fact, you might not have heard about this shooting. 36-year-old Genesee Marino walked into Joel Osteen's Texas church yesterday with an AR-15. The gun had a Palestine sticker on the weapon. Houston police say she often used male aliases Jeffrey Marino and had a long rap sheet, plus some serious mental health issues. In addition, in terms of making it difficult in terms of the narrative, two good guys with guns, in this case off-duty cops, shot and killed her before she could follow through with her plans. It reminds us of the Nashville Christian school shooting, six dead, the Colorado Springs Gate nightclub shooting, the congressional baseball practice shooting. I could go on and on. All shooters who identified as transgender or with liberal causes that then quickly, very quickly, disappear from the media conversation. And the same will be true about the Lakewood church shooting. And we know there's a double standard. Just imagine the coverage today if Reno had been wearing a MAGA hat. Coming up next, giving Hamas a pass, why countries continue to blame Israel for the conflict and not the terrorists. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. For some children, a single surgery can turn an untreated cleft into a smile for life. But at Smile Train, we understand that most children need a little extra care. They need medical, dental, and emotional resources to grow healthy and strong, to express themselves clearly, and to navigate all of life's challenges so that their smiles light up the room as brightly as possible. Visit SmileTrain.org to learn how Smile Train is supporting the cleft community with lifelong smiles. Hello, I'm Chuck Reddick, Commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service. We're working hard to get ready for tax filing season. You know who else is working hard? Identity thieves. Keep your computers and your mobile phones secure. Use antivirus software and strong passwords. Look out for email scams. Secure your home Wi-Fi with a password. 
Stay safe when you shop online. Look for HTTPS in the web address. See irs.gov for details. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. I just got a text asking me to approve a bank transfer I didn't make. I bet you get messages like this, too. So much of our lives are online today, from email to banking and everything in between. To make sure my information was protected, I checked out CISA's Secure Our World website for simple steps to stay safe online. Now I know how to protect myself from scammers, and you can learn too. Go to CISA at cisa.gov forward slash secure our world. My mom has taken up going to the park to practice yoga. My dad's going to a club, but not a book club, a salsa club. Finding new hobbies comes with age. My mom has started getting lost and not knowing where she's going. Becoming lost or disoriented doesn't. Confusion with time or place may be a sign of Alzheimer's. An early diagnosis can help improve the quality of life for your loved one. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to On Balance with Leland Vitter on News Nation, America's fastest growing cable news network. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. In the early hours after the tsunami, it was ham radio that was on the air, saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. When disasters strike, the hams are ready. Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. One year after the East Palestine disaster, a community still in need of answers. We're being lied to, and I don't know why for sure. And only one network has committed to staying on the story from day one. News Nation's not going anywhere. News Nation, the first to report from America's backyards. These are real stories. Everybody is angry. And staying when all other networks leave. Thanks to News Nation for being the only national network committed. That's what it means to be news for all America. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Some brand new video showing the daring rescue of two Israeli hostages in Rafah. IDF troops broke the hostages out of a building in Gaza before loading them onto a helicopter and flying them to safety. The overnight raid and the Israeli response to it could be the clearest sign yet that an Israeli-Hamas peace deal is far away. Just listen to the IDF spokesperson. We have a moral obligation to bring all our hostages home. And that is an obligation that we will continue doing everything Everything in our power to fulfill. Question one. 
Israel faces intense international condemnation for what's happening to Gazans, to civilians in Gaza, particularly from the Arab world. But you hardly hear anyone, in fact, nobody in the Arab world, calling on Hamas to do anything to protect the people of Gaza, particularly none of the leaders of the countries on your screen. All of them profess to stand with the Palestinians, yet none have said Hamas should surrender, stand down in order to save the civilians in Gaza. That was also the case today when President Biden met with the King of Jordan at the White House. Neither of them called on Hamas to surrender. President Biden got close, but he was far more concerned with the refugees, the Palestinian civilians. Brett Bruins with us, former director of engagement at the Obama White House, now head of the Global Situation Room. I want to play for you the soundbite of President Biden talking to the king. Take a listen. The, the major military operation in Rafah should not proceed without a credible plan, a credible plan for ensuring the safety and support of more than one million people sheltering there. I'm wondering why there is not more pressure by the United States on the Arab world, particularly on Abdullah, on al-Sisi in Egypt, to force Hamas's hand. Yeah, and I was going to particularly point out al-Sisi because he holds the keys to the gates to Gaza. So this whole humanitarian crisis that we have built up over several months, and certainly what we're currently facing in Rafah, comes down to Sisi not opening his borders so that Palestinians can take refuge, so that there can be an organized process of providing humanitarian aid. And yes, uh, Israel needs to take every step uh, imaginable to prevent uh, civilian casualties, but El Sisi, as well as the Jordanians, as well as the Emiratis and the Saudis, have to do more, one, to restrain Hamas, and two, to provide that kind so of assistance. So why is there pressure by the Biden administration publicly for that to happen? Well, because they're trying to do this delicate diplomatic balancing act. They've tried to keep uh, the Arab world from outright uh, coming out uh, against the United States, from breaking diplomatic ties with Israel. But at the same time, they're not just getting enough from uh, these Arab leaders. And that's the problem. And I think it's been, and we've talked often about uh, the negotiation tactics that the Biden administration uses, whether it's on Venezuela, whether it's on uh, China, whether it's on you know, some of these other countries where they seem to cede half of the territory before they've even begun to, to press them. And, and here again, I think there is more that we can be asking mm. of the Arab world. Dan Perry, um, world affairs analyst who led AP's coverage of the Mideast, Europe, and Africa, he was a good buddy of mine when I was over there, spent a lot of time in difficult places. Uh, here was him on Israeli television. Take a listen. The idea that they have to hold out, no matter the cost, to their own people reflects a fundamental sickness that I would like to see the Arab world call out. Reasonable people can agree that most, if not all, of the leaders of the Arab world, el-Sisi, Abdullah, uh, just to pick Egypt and Jordan, but certainly through the, the Gulfies, would love nothing more than for Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood to go away because the, that they're, they're next after Gaza. Again, why is there this sort of complete lack of willingness to hold Hamas responsible? Well, uh, it comes down to the Arab street. 
you have a population that does have sympathies for those who are taking the most extreme measures against both Israel and the United States. And so leaders like al-Sisi and and the argument went, you know, let him get through the elections and then he will take a harder line against uh, what Hamas uh, is doing. That hasn't yet panned out. No. The idea that there's elections in Egypt is another another topic. Um, real quick, I wanted to get you on this. The uh, Israeli Defense Forces discovered a tunnel shaft near an UNRWA school. Huge terrorist tunnel beneath UNRWA's, that's the United Nations uh, Refugee Works Agency in Gaza. Uh, big tunnel, huge Hamas headquarters under the UN buildings. And there's obviously been evidence of UN workers helping uh, Hamas and participating in the October 7th attacks. Is it time to, on this issue of refugees, to sort of radically rethink how we look at the Palestinians in the UN? Well, I think UNRWA has a lot to answer for. And uh, whether it's uh, this latest incident, uh, the staff, as you mentioned, that were participating in some of these terrorist attacks, they have got to be, and I've worked in a lot of countries with UN peacekeepers, UN uh, operations, they have to be neutral. And they clearly were not in this case. And there has to be some fundamental changes at the UN. Yeah, interesting it didn't come up either with President Biden and Abdullah. Good to see you, sir. You too. Thank you very much. We invite you to sign up for War Notes. It gives you a free look at the show every day at 4 p.m. These are our thoughts on the most important stories of the day. It started as an internal email amongst ourselves. We figured we'd let you all in on it. You can reply. We read them all. You can also get in touch with us on social media, at Leland Vittert on Instagram and what I still call Twitter. Next, Taylor Swift didn't endorse Joe Biden last night, as Trump world predicted, but she could, could do something a lot more helpful to the Democratic cause, the Swift proposal, when we come back. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Where the price of admissions was proof that you were registered to vote. Voter registration booths would be set up in front of the venue. Swift's real power lies in her influence, young female suburban Democratic women. The exact demographic Biden needs to turn out to win in November. And the aforementioned Kurt Bardella is with us now. You really think she's going to do this? Come on. You know, I wouldn't put it past her. Uh, This is someone that we know. If you push her, if you comfort her, if you attack her, She'll write a song about you. She's not going to do free concerts. She does revenge, okay? She okay. does revenge. Uh, if you were a country music uh, you know, program director who might have gotten a little too handsy, she sues you. If you try to lock up her, her recordings, she will re-record her own recordings and release them, and they will go platinum. I just wouldn't put it past her to do something to, to get back at all the vitriol that's been directed her way. All right, so revenge is a dish best served cold. Uh, some of the people who attended Eris concerts, major cities, key swing states, 210,000 in Atlanta, 120,000 in Detroit, 140,000 in Glendale, Arizona, 200,000 in Philly, 138,000 in Vegas, and in Ohio, 100,000 went to see her um, in Cleveland. Uh, if half of those people vote, that's 
more than enough to change. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen in the last election, like some, in these swing states, the margins were so narrow where getting 10, 20,000 people out to vote that may not have participated in the last election or who may be thinking about sitting out this election, that could be a needle mover. A Harvard poll recently showed that almost half of the voters who are 18 to 24 who voted in 2020 are thinking of not voting in 2024. Okay, fair, fair enough. But we, we've been down this road before, right, in 2020. She did, the, she did the voter registration post on Instagram, got a bunch of people, fine. And she endorsed Joe Biden mm-hmm. in 2020. I, I didn't hear anybody talking about the significance of Taylor Swift's endorsement. She well, was a big deal back then. Are we overstating her influence just a little bit? I think that anybody who can get with a single post on social media, 35,000 people to register the vote, that's pretty powerful. What we saw from Taylor was a typical celebrity endorsement 2020. I'm going to endorse you. You can use my name for some fundraising, but I'm not going to actively be out there doing anything one way or the so why, other. So why not say the price to admission to your acoustic concerts that I'm sure you'd be happy to promote? Um, and get in on why would it not be hey you have to have early voted hey i'm all for, i think that's a great idea i think that's taking it to a whole another i didn't even think of that actually that's elevating it to a whole new level early voting proof early voting you get to come into i'm all for that you think democrats are perhaps staking a little bit too much on taylor swift at this point if if you're if you're focusing the your success in the 2024 elections on a singer well, I think that with the run-up to Pinning the Super Bowl, with all the attention, I mean, I think the right were the ones who really elevated this Taylor Swift conversation much broader than it needed to be. They're, they're insistent attacking on her, which I don't understand why you would do that. I don't see what the win is there for Republicans. So I think they are the ones who opened the door for Democrats and the left to really elevate this. Oh, and Democrats have walked through the door. Good to see you, my friend. You As too. always, thank you. When we come back, the most talked about tackle from the Super Bowl did involve Taylor Swift's boyfriend. But it didn't happen on the field. How shoving your coach became okay. Jekyll cuts it outside, tries to do it a second time. And he lost the football! And the Niners are on it! But after the fumble, he comes over to Andy and goes, keep me in. What happened is... On the fumble, he was not in the game. No. That Super Bowl star, Travis Kelsey, shoving his coach after a particularly bad play by the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, winning absolves a lot of sins. People are talking about that the Chiefs won rather than this shove. But you can imagine a player shoving Bobby Knight, or maybe you can't imagine that. Bill Belichick or even Bill Parcells. Belichick is out of a job, partly because of his old-fashioned view of holding players to a standard of behavior that now seems out of fashion in the NFL. Ken Jenkins is here, played five years in the league. Ken, can you imagine if you'd done that to a coach? No, you know, absolutely not. But it's a different day and time now. But the first thing, you know, Travis Kelsey needs to go apologize to Andy Reid. And the, the other things that we don't really know about that is what their relationship is like. And, yeah. you know, Andy Reid, Andy Reid is very good at letting his players um, uh, be creative and let, letting them be themselves. That said, that was uh, crossed the line. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm interested in is just sort of the concept that that's even OK. Right. And I mean, decorum is decorum is slid for 40 years. I mean, it's not like we're, we're telling people anything new, but I think that kind of crystallized. Not so much that it did happen, but that it was a something that even a player would think would be okay to happen. And we know, you know, we know Bill Belichick uh, 
basically isn't getting hired in the NFL. One of the reasons people say is because he has an old school standard for players. Malcolm Butler, uh, who he suspended before a Super Bowl, arguably lost a Super Bowl because Butler had gotten in a, a far less uh, physical altercation with an assistant coach. And Belichick said, you're done. Is that is that sort of standard of behavior for NFL players gone now? No, I, I don't think it's gone. I think that was if you, you have to understand how um, how intense that moment is and how emotional yeah. it is. And and actually, you know, good coaches want players who want to be in the game, who want to make the block, who want to make the catch, who want to make the run. And um, the more players you have on your team like that, typically, you know, the better performance you get, right? And you know, the better yeah, the fair team enough. works. There is a line, and and there's a there's a gray area. There's been a there's been a um, blurring of the lines, I would say, as you as you uh, mentioned, um, where there's different relationships between players and position area coaches and position area coaches and and uh, uh, coordinators, offenses and defenses, and then then their relationship with the head coach. And back in the day, certainly when Belichick was coming through. Rarely did a positionary player ever talk to the head coach or even the defensive coordinator. If you had a beef, you went right to your positionary coach only. So, yes, I mean, all these things can be right at the same time. Is there, is there, is there something about this? Is there something about this, though, that, that, guys like, that guys like Kelsey are now such huge stars in their own right? You know, tight ends didn't used to sort of have this kind of stardom in the tens of millions of dollars in contracts. Um, you know, superstars have always said, if you remember Magic got uh, uh, Pat Riley fired. Remember back in the okay. day, right? So uh, there's more, you know, yes. There's I, I want to get you there's, there's some power. Nick Saban talked about this um, as, it, as it related to, to his college players not being willing to hear hard news and be disciplined. Take a listen. You have to take the take the criticism coming from him because if he's mad, he has a reason to be mad, you know. And um, but it's one of those things that I think he'd be the first one to tell you that you can't let it ruin your game. It's definitely a learning experience to hear from him to like kind of give you one of those, you know, the chewings he say. Nobody really get down on themselves or anything because we get that every day at practice. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's just a game thing. It's hard to imagine that you, you have to even ask this question, but there is, a, is there a mental toughness or at least a mental discipline that is now lost? Well, I think if you go to Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, practice, they get after it. They get after each other. The coaches get after them. It's on and on all day long. And, yes, it does create a, a toughness, uh, uh, some uh, tough skin. You know, you can't have thin skin and play, and play in the NFL – and um, uh, and ignore your coaches. Um, uh, what I saw there that that night in in that clip is that it went overboard, and that is yeah. the delicate balance that because you have yeah you have uh, adrenaline coursing through your blood to the extent that you can't even imagine. Oh, and, well, you know, I think that that's fair. Yeah. That, 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 that's fair. I can't imagine playing in a Super Bowl. I get that. Ken, I got to run. Thank you very much. Great having you on. Uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, safe travels back from Las Vegas. Hope you had a great yeah. weekend at home with your loved ones and perhaps some barbecue. Big week ahead. George Will with us tomorrow. Here's Chris.
Hey, I'm Chris Cuomo. We're going to start off with watching agony in action. Two more Israeli hostages were rescued. So many families are waiting there and here for loved ones, young, old, dead, alive, just waiting for them to be returned. Four plus months.